Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting. Drinking beer in the morning. I fell asleep without a warning. Stop screaming. Okay. Um, so, today we're going to talk about... Uh, maybe, well, today at least... Yeah, we, we might actually finish this today. Who knows? But... We're going to talk about something called mixed analysis variance. I call it that. There's a lot of other ways you can call this. It's basically an extension of the repeated measure stuff. Um, so we've talked about simple between and within designs. In other words, just a single, a single variable. So you've got time one, time two, time three for repeated, or you've got group one, group two, group three between groups. We've talked about factorial between designs and factorial within designs. Factorials can cross the variables, like, well, like this here. Can you cross the variables? So we talked about both of those. We talked about this in a, at the end of the last class. We talked about that in a within subjects design. Right? So we've talked about both of those. Well, obviously, we're not just going to stop there. We, 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 we combine these two. We have one between, one within, something like that. So that's what we're talking about today. I, I don't know why I'm excited about it. I have to do something to keep you guys somewhat interested in this class. Even though I realize it's a required course, it doesn't matter. Um, it's not like, you know, oh, nobody will take it anymore. No, that's not true. Everybody will because it has to be taken. Nonetheless, I'd like to keep it somewhat interesting if I can. Um, okay, so here's, we might ask, though, like, why would you ever do that? Well... There are cases that want want one or more between variable and one or more within variable. We want to do repeated measures and an independent group sort of setup. Uh, frankly, my a lot of the work I've done over the years involved comparing two species on learning. So learning is obviously a repeated measure. It's change over time. And species has to, by definition, be a, within, a between subjects variable. You can't really have subjects say, well, this week they're a chickadee, next week they're dark-eyed juncos. You can't do that. If you can do that, people line up on Sundays and worship you. <laughs> so that's not going to happen. So, Or let's say a lot of things we do, what do we do in psychology? A lot of stuff on sex differences, don't we? Male versus female, then we look at things change over time. We look at repeated measures. That, again, is an example where we have one between and one within. Right? We've just got two different groups, and we're looking at something that's repeated, just in general. I've done, in fact, I think almost everything I've ever done, not everything, but the vast majority of the work I've ever published, had a between variable and a within variable. So sex differences, I mentioned. Uh, and there's other possibilities here. You're comparing two groups on something that's repeated. Okay? So there's a lot of cases, in fact, where we would use such a thing. Okay, here's an example. This is two kinds of memory, implicit memory and explicit memory. Implicit memory is memory that you're not aware or that you don't need to solve a task and you're not really aware that you have it. Uh, explicit memory is, you know, recall. Some of you guys that were in the lab course with me last year, we did an implicit versus explicit memory thing. If I remember correctly, we did word fragments versus uh, recall. Okay? And we got retention intervals, five minutes, one hour, 24 hours. 
So we've got an implicit group and an explicit group, so group one. And then group two is the explicit group, group two. Okay? Make sense? This is pretty standard design. Um, there may be some sort of concern about the uh, implicit test getting contaminated by the explicit test, so we put it in two different groups. So instead of doing a three by two all within, where we give people both tests, implicit and explicit, and we have to screw around about counterbalancing and all that crap that no one likes to do, right? All that stuff that Cheryl told you about last year, over and over and over again, and you just sat there and go, oh, God, I, I'm going to fall asleep. 2127 is the most boring material in the history. It is. Cheryl likes it. I've, I've had this discussion with her. I said, I hate teaching it. I've taught it since 1997. So happy about that, too. Because I hate it. It's boring. And then you could do two between and three within. And next, here's a design. Now I'm going to poke my own eyes out to make sure that I'm still alive. It's just it's boring. Stuff's boring. See if we're going to counterbalance it. It's good that you know that stuff's important. That's why it's in the program. Don't misunderstand me, but it's boring to learn. Right? It's like E.F. Skinner. It just bores the shit out of me. <laughs> so it does. So fine. Instead of having to worry about counterbalancing because some people have implicit first, explicit first, or worrying about the explicit task, contaminating the implicit task, or vice versa, let's just say half people do implicit and half people do explicit. Done. Rock and roll. Woohoo. Don't know why I said rock and roll there. Felt good, though. <laughs> All right, that's good. So that's easy, sensible design. So we still want a decay function within people. Uh, by the way, you won't get one here. Implicit memory doesn't decay like that. Explicit memory decays beautifully. You get this beautiful uh, decay function there, and you get a really a, a flat line here, which is kind of cool. It's different. So what are the sources of variation? By the way, group one is subjects one to ten. Group two, and these should be twos here. What's wrong with me? Should be group two, group two, group two. Group two is subjects eleven to twenty. So these should be G2, 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 not G1, G1, G1. One G1, G1, G1. I don't know what that means, but it was fun to say. So group one is implicit, group two is explicit. Okay. We have a total of uh, twenty subjects. Participants. The APA is making us call them now. What's wrong with the word subject? I know you've all heard me say that before. I'm going to keep doing it. It's my class. What is wrong with the word subject? Nothing. How is it pejorative to call someone a subject? Would you feel bad if someone said you're a subject in my study? But they are. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be below you, but they'd be the subject of the study. What's the problem? No, I, 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 I see what I see. I think what you're saying is the, the reason. Subjects. Kind of thing. Yeah. I don't like that. Have to refer to like your like birds as participants. Yeah, they they, they try they tried doing that to me once. I, I wrote back to the editor and I said, uh, I'm simply not doing this. They didn't sign consent. So. No, exactly. There's no informed consent. They didn't volunteer to be in the experiment. We bought them. Like <laughs> yeah, it's just like slavery. <laughs> Putting an animal in a, in a in a in a in an operating box is a lot like slavery. Um, there are people that think that. Um, you sir are worse than Hitler with your animal experiments. But yeah, I, I ended up in that paper calling them animals. I said I'm not going to call them participants. I'm sorry. It sounds like they volunteered. 
Anyway. Okay, we got, what are the sources of variation? Test type, implicit versus explicit, right? That's one of the things we're interested in. We want to see that we have a difference with different kinds of memory tests. Um, we've also got retention interval. Okay. And what's this? Subjects within test type. That's, what, that's how you say that, or you say subjects nested within test type. Yes. <laughs> but enough comedy jokes. <laughs> Subjects nested within test type. See, this, these should be twos. If I didn't care about this place or I was getting fired or something, I'd just write twos right now on the screen. But I've got to keep working here, so I can't do that. <laughs> I can do stuff like that all the time if I knew I was likely. When I'm going to retire, I'm going to do shit like that all the time. By then, though, we'll just be beaming things right into students' brains. I'll just look really hard at people and they'll know all the statistics. <laughs> that would be great. It would be great. That would be great. Just look at somebody really intensely and go, okay, 700 bucks. <laughs> right? I could start my own university where I just stare at people <laughs> you really like that. Um, okay. They're nested within this variable. So subjects nested within test type or subjects within test type. And I guess autocorrected like the word within. So it said within. Within. Dave, is that just like all of G1 versus all of G2? How do you mean? I, 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 I think I understand what you mean, but I want to make sure I understand your question. So say anything. Like, would that be comparing all the scores at G1, like at five minutes, one hour, and 24 hours? Yes, and yes that's what happens. That's what ends up happening. Okay. Other questions? So we got to know what to do is we're going to build an ANOVA table because now it starts to get a little more complicated, right? So we have to do. The first thing we're going to list is the word test, is the variable test. That's memory test type, whatever we we'll call it. Um, because the first thing we do is the between subjects variable. You always list between subjects variables first. How many degrees of freedom does it have? Well, it's got, there's two kinds of tests, minus one, so there's one degree of freedom. The next thing we list is... Well, are there any more between variables? Well, no, we had one between, one within. So the next thing we do is we go between, then subjects, then within. This is something you'll hear over the next couple of weeks, and you're going to get sick of me saying it, but it's between, subjects, within. Say it to yourself three times every night before you go to bed. Between, subjects, within. Okay. Subjects, and we can we talk about subjects on our on their own? No, we cannot. We must mention what group they're in. Subjects within tests. Now, how the hell did I get 18 degrees of freedom? Well, think about it. There are 10 subjects per group, so that's 10 minus 1 is 9, and we have two groups, or two levels of test. So it's n minus 1 times the number of tests. 10 minus 1 is 9 times 2 is 18. Okay. 
Next, between subjects within. Well, the within variable is retention interval. So next we list retention interval. Two, retention interval minus one. Now, now it gets easy. Retention interval by test. Retention interval by subjects within test. Done. Because there's, no, there's nothing else to do. The next question is, how do you know what to test with what? The, the idea of what the error term is. We could, you know what you could do? You could work out what the expected values of the mean squares are, but we're not going to do that. There's a reason I taught you this between subjects within, because if you do this and do that properly, you never have to worry about expected values of mean squares, as long as all your variables are fixed factors, which they almost always are, and subjects are treated as a random factor, which is the only sensible way to treat them. So we test. We take a look at the word test. Well, we want to test memory test type. Is explicit memory better than implicit memory? So let's find out. We take, we look. This is this thing. Do we have between subjects? Well, that's called Yates order. And you find the first term below what you're interested in that has it in it and subjects. So we're going to take mean squares for test and divide by mean square for subjects within test. Retention interval. We're going to divide by this interaction. And the retention interval by test interaction, we're going to divide by this interaction with, that has subjects also in this. So the mean square for this divided by this, mean square for this divided by this, mean square for this one divided by that one. Very straightforward. And if you do it properly, you will not make a mistake with what to divide by what. If you did the Yates order thing properly, you're fine. By the way, doing these things makes up about 40% of the final exam. You'll get lots of practice, don't worry. There's going to be lots of examples. Anyway, um, questions? Is that okay? okay? So to review, we go between subjects and within. As I said, you'll hear this a lot. Then you do the interactions of whatever's, you know, you cross one with the other, all that stuff. Then just figure out the error terms. This is very mechanical and straightforward. And at first, it seems difficult, and then it becomes very, very... It's almost the point where you can do it in your sleep. This assumes, again, everything is fixed and subjects are a random factor. Well, it's the only way we can treat subjects as being a random factor, and everything else being fixed is like 99.9% .9 of the time we do anything. And you might wonder, why is this useful? Well, partly because if you do any, a design like this using uh, stats software using something like SPSS. So what you do is you set up a data set with SPSS. And it's a pretty straightforward thing. You get, if you consider subjects a variable, so you just set up a data set that says, you know, uh, well, we would have, uh, we'll call it test, and then we have a variable called subjects, and then a variable called retention interval, and then a variable called score, right? So. 
It's an implicit test. That's subject one at retention interval of five minutes, and his score is 30. I just I don't know what the hell the scores are. Implicit, subject one, uh, one hour, so I guess that's 60 minutes, uh, and his score is uh, 30. And implicit, subject one, retention interval, that's uh, a whole day, so it's uh, 60 so it's hours, it's 24, it's minutes, 24 times 360, uh, and scores 30, fine. Now you do the same thing, now for the next subject, you go through all this stuff. The problem happens here, you, you do this, and now you use the ANOVA procedure, or what's called the GLM procedure. Go play with, go play with SPSS, you'll learn about this, it'll say general linear mod, okay? Um, and you have to tell it about the subjects, all the sources of variation. Now the problem is because SPSS doesn't know how to, oh it does, but it would cost the university an extra $4,000. So we don't have a repeated pictures module. So what we have to do is cheat. By, con by convincing SPSS that it's not a it's not a repeated measures. Subjects, just another variable. Then you get a printout that'll say, error, error, no mean square. You'll still get the mean squares, though. And then you divide, you go, I divide this by this, and just do the rest of the calculator. People have been doing it this way. I don't know why SPSS does this, but it's, it, it's kind of like them saying, we'll sell you a car, but the tires are $42,000. <laughs> it's that kind of thing, like you need this, but it doesn't do it. It does other stuff. Does regression really well? Does regular straight up without severance really well? It doesn't do repeated measure. So you have to kind of set it up like that. It's annoying, but it's doable. Or you can just use a different stats package. I'd much rather we used um, SAS, but uh, no, SAS, SAS, it's great. Statistical analysis software, it's wonderful. The problem with it is that every other department would, hey, you know, what is that? So. It's because it's a bit rude. Because it's sassy? <laughs> sassy. Here's another example. So we'll do this n equals 5, so it's 5 subjects per group. Whoa, that was neat. So, oh, look at this guy. Holy Christmas. There's two groups. So we've got, and we got some repeated measures here by the looks of it. Let's move that over there, Just put it over here. Now, between subjects within. Between factors. Do we have any between factors? Many of you are scoring along at home, you probably know the answer to this, but tell me if there's a between factor here and why it's a between factor. I'm going to pick somebody soon, so someone say something. Are there any between subjects factors? Who are we going to pick on? I'll pick on Josh. Are there any between subjects factors, Josh? Yes. Yes. Very good. Which one or ones? I didn't get that far. Either. You didn't get that far. <laughs> but at least you went with I had a 50 50 chance that I, you know. That's good. I think you took a shot. Between subjects factors just means that different subjects get different levels of that factor. What do we have here where different subjects get different levels of a factor? Which one? Or ones? C1, C2? 
Does everybody get C1 and C2? Yeah. So it's a repeated measures. It's not a between subjects factor. It's a within. But that's good. So we've established that C is a within. Let's look at B. Everybody gets B1. Everyone, buddy. Everyone, buddy. Everyone, buddy. Every pony gets B1, B2, and B3. So it's also a within subjects factor. The only one, in fact, where different subjects get different levels of the variable, between subjects variable, is A. Group 1 gets A1, group 2 gets A2. So A is a between, B and C are within. Does that make sense? So B and C are repeated measures. A is not. So A is in between, uh, B and C are within. And these are the worst arrows I've ever made. Just to make that perfect clear. Worst <coughs> arrows ever. So we're going to go, what are we going to list first? We're going to list A first, then we're going to do the subjects. The subjects are nested within A. Subjects are always nested within the between variable. And then we're going to do B and C. And it's going to look something, in fact, exactly like that. Okay, A. A has two levels, so it's going to have one degree of freedom, A minus one. So we go between. Any more between factors? No, we've established there's only the one. There's only the one. So we go A, and then we go S within A. How many, how many subjects did I say there were? Five, right? Yeah, N was equal five. So we got five minus one, that's four, times two is eight. Now C. There are two levels of C. Right? C, C by A, C by S within A. Can you cross C with itself? Well, no, that's stupid. C by C interaction? The hell does that mean? Okay, go to B. B by A, B by S within A, B by C, B by C by A, B by C by S within A. I'm just crossing it with what's above it. See, like, look. Is there? That's that one. So it's this. Then B by C, B by C by A, B by C by S within A. And then if I want to know what to test with what, what variables, uh, sorry, what, what error terms I would use, if I had mean square for A, I'm going to divide by mean square for subjects within A. Mean square for C, I'll divide by mean square by, for C by S within A. Let's do the same thing here for this one. For B, it's these, and for the BC and BCA interactions, I'll use this great big one. How do I know I get the degrees of freedom right? Well, we had what? We had five subjects per, per cell, right? And there are 12 cells. 12 plus 5 is 60. So I should have 59 total degrees of freedom. I add this up, and I want to use 9, 10, 11, 19, 21, 22, 23, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 59. And I am the champion, my friend. 
Let's do more. Another one that just appears as if by magic. Wow, look at that one. That's wacky. Now things, why, things have changed, haven't they? The tables are turned, aren't they, Mr. Bond? I don't know. I just, I've run out of stuff to say. I really do. It starts to get to a point. Anyway, sorry. Um, I was thinking about last night's Top Chef Canada. Um, and how I haven't watched it yet. It's on the PBR. But I got that to watch. I got to watch Cosmos, the new Cosmos. With uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I want to watch that. It's a lot of TV I want to watch. So anyway, so sometimes my mind wanders. It just does. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it wanders. I can usually cover it and plan what I'm going to cook for dinner while lecturing. Because uh, some of these courses I've taught before, especially this one. Anyway, where the hell was I? Right. So we got. Ignore the seas for a second. Just ignore them. Pretend they aren't there. Act as if they're, they're, you're a really mean kid and you're just ignoring them. Did somebody talk to me? I don't even know who's talking to you right now. I didn't even know there was a C2 or C3 here. We're ignoring C2 and C3. Just think about this. Look at this. That looks very familiar. A1, A2, B1, B2, G1, G2, G3, G4. That's your standard A by B. That's your regular 2 by 2 design. All we've done now is throw, thrown in a third frightening variable called C. And look, it's repeated measures because everybody gets every level of C. C1, C2, C3. Right? Everybody gets every level of C. <coughs> okay, that's good. So A and B are between. Subjects are nested within AB combinations, and C is a within. So we'll put this guy over here. This time both A and B are the between factors. Subjects are within AB. AB combinations or AB interactions, aren't they? Because look, we have different subjects in A1B1, then in A2B1, then in A1B2, then in A2B2. So we have nested subjects within AB combinations. Fight with these damn things. Okay. Uh, where I get the six from? I don't know. Just made it up. <laughs> so I would tell you if it was a quiz or a test or an assignment. I'll tell you. Don't worry. Okay. Good stuff. Let's do this one. Between subjects within. Between A, B. Remember they're both between then A by B because we cross, we took A and then we had B and we crossed A and B together. Can you cross B with itself? Well, no. So let's go subjects within A, B. And you take a look at this. We've got five, because remember the six subjects per group, so n minus one is five times two times two. Five times four is 20. 20 degrees of freedom. Now, C, C by A, C by B, C by A by B, C by S within AB, done. I know.
So again, this isn't that bad. They're tedious to do, but once you learn how to do this, you'll never make a mistake. And you might say to me, Dave, and I would say, yes, what, Kurt? I will say, you'd say, why? I know our SPSS doesn't, do, doesn't play very nicely with this, so that's fine. But when I'm out, out in the world doing things, maybe they'll have better software. Well, that's possible. That said, you would not believe the number of times that people don't explain their design very well in a paper. You ever read an article? I hope you've all done that at this point. <laughs> so you ever read an article, and you look at it, and they kind of vaguely explain it, because and you read it going, how did this get published? You see some graphs. That's about all you got, though. You look at it going, but you do have the F values. So you have the degrees of freedom, and you know what the, the and you know what the um, what they were testing. You can then take that and rebuild the design. So you can go the other way. You can go from something like this and make the design. When I read a paper, the first thing I do, which I, God, I gotta get one done by Friday. I keep forgetting I have an article for animal behavior I have to review. Short, shouldn't take long. Looks good, it's interesting, it's about hummingbirds. So I can really say, confidential. It's not like it's top secret and scary, or they got hummingbirds they put death rays on. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But I keep forgetting to do it. I go, what do I do? I'll do it tomorrow. Um, yeah, I should have talked tomorrow. <coughs> but I can look at the, the paper and then reconstruct construct the design for myself. And if I can draw a design up and say this group and this group and this group and this group, it really helps me understand what, they, what the people did. Because a lot of times people don't explain things very well. People's method sections a lot of times really blow and suck, which is amazing that they can do both of those at once. So the thing is, looking at this kind of, these kind of designs, you should be able to go from the design to get what the, you know, the summary table is, but you should be able to go the other way too. Right? And that's just a skill eventually, and we'll, you'll, we'll be talking about different kinds of designs over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, and generally, it's not that hard a thing to do. One of the things that's neat about this, where'd the marker go? Right, I had a marker. There it is. Um, This is a general way to look at analysis of variance, which makes it kind of cool. If I showed you something like this, so straight up analysis of variance, okay? Group one, group one, group one, and this is uh, A1, A2, A3. Actually, let's make, it, let's make that just like this, even better. Just a straight ahead, Vanilla analysis of variance. None interesting, just three groups. Do we have a between factor? Yes, A. Oh, let's say N equals, I don't know. Let's say there's, uh, I don't know, nine people for group, I would, no. So I would go A. What would my next term be? Subjects within A, right? Different subjects in different levels. 
and I'd be done. And it's total. So in that case, I'd get, well, what? Two degrees of freedom for A, and I said nine, right? So eight times two, 16. That's wrong. No, times three. Yeah. The idiot. Eight times three, 24. That's right. And a total of 26 degrees of freedom. There's 27 observations. Great. Now think about this. If I was doing this, I would say k minus 1, right? Back to the old time, old timey analysis of variance we talked about before. K minus 1 and what? Big N minus K. Well, what's big N? Uh, 27. Oh, wait. It's exactly the same thing. So it works for that. So it's a general way to look at analysis of variance using this uh, Yates order method. It allows you to look at any kind of ANOVA design. Any kind of ANOVA design. Same thing with, well, we already, we already did this with the repeated measures. I showed you that, right? It's a, like a, remember it was a treatment by subject interaction was the uh, error term. Same thing if we did A by B. Because you get, you get an A and a B, A, B, and subjects within A, B. This has A minus 1 degrees of freedom. This has B minus 1 degrees of freedom. This has A minus 1 times B minus 1 degrees of freedom. And this has N minus 1 times A times B, which is exactly what it is for the error in ANOVA. So this is a general way to look at it, as I said, and that's why this is also useful. And if you learn how to do this, you're fine. You're not going to make mistakes. This is something you can learn how to do uh, just with practice. And you'll find one of the things that we'll do eventually when it comes to getting closer to the final exam is uh, I will set up a uh, I'll set up a Facebook study group, and then I'll be putting questions. I'll drop questions into it uh, that you can answer and help each other answer. And making up these things is actually not that hard to do, and then you, you can do it too. Questions? Brains hurt a bit? Do you? That enough? Yeah? Um, you mentioned that you could do repeated measures on SPSS. How would you say? How would you do it with a regular old repeated measures, or like just one variable? Well, like for the assignment that we have. Yep. Okay, how I would do that is I would do, uh, yeah. Let's say you just have one repeated variable, which I think that one has, right? A1, A2, A3, A4. We have subjects. So, look. So I would say what, what the variable, what the level was for A. Okay? Then I'd say what subject it was. And I'd say what his score was, like, I don't know, eight. And then I would go one, two, seven, and blah, 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 blah. Two, one, nine, whatever the hell it was. So I'd set that up. Okay? That's the first thing I'd do. Next, when you go to use SPSS, you use the, what's called the GLM procedure, or general linear model, I think it's called. It's one, called one or the other. It's either called GLM or, general, or linear model. 
and you, your your explanatory, sorry, your response variable is whatever you're using for the dependent variable. I think I call it score. And your, what I think they call the explanatory variables are subject and A. And it'll do it, and it'll tell you there's errors. Because it can't do the F, because there's no, there's no, there's no error term. It can't find the error term. But you know what the nice thing is? If you've got the degree, if you've got the mean squares in front of you, you can just do the rest by hand. So you just take, what are you going to do? You take the mean square for A and divide by the A by S. Divide that by that, and there's your, there's your answer. And then just look it up to see if it's significant. Yep. That said, you could do it, I mean, it's small enough. You, that, that, that is what you could do by hand. It wouldn't be fun, but it's doable. You know, it's not like it would be impossible. But that's how I, and that, that's how I tell people to do these things all the time when they're going to do uh, repeated measures on this DSS because it's a pain. Or you go ask Paul or Dwayne to use their copy of Systat. Of course, you have to learn how to use this stuff. But yeah, if you if you look for YouTube videos on how to do repeated <coughs> measures in SPSS, you'll find all kinds of things. And then they'll say, "Now go to the repeated section." You go, "What repeated section?" Well, we didn't pay for that. So. Other questions? Good question. All right, uh, that's enough. There's no reason to teach you anything else. Okay, okay guys, talk to you later. podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want. Okay. Um, 
Also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.